the migration was actually um, done with uh, um, with Intervision and my my network engineer. It it happened. We were running and uh, everything seemed to be working just fine. And then I got our first bill. We were seeing about a a forty two percent decrease in our monthly DR bill. When it comes to cloud, the economies of scale are there and they're real. Um, and this, I think, was just a, a perfect first example of, of, of realizing that value. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome back to our continuing series, Mythbusters, Cloud Security and Innovation. Like the much more famous Mythbusters TV show, we're going to dive into several myths and through interviews, case studies, data, we're going to bust that myth. Follow us over the next several months as we share blogs, infographics, and of course, podcast episodes. On the second Monday of each month, we will interview a peer CIO, CTO, or business owner who has successfully busted the myth of the month. Two weeks later, we will hear from an InterVision expert who will further destroy that myth. Now, one of the myths that we hear most often when speaking with technology professionals is that the cloud migration is complex and costly. Tech trade publications are full of stories of migrations gone wrong, but it doesn't have to be that way. Today, we are joined by French Williams of Royal Technologies, an advanced engineering and manufacturing company focused on the automotive, furniture, and consumer products industries. And together, we are going to bust that myth. With that, welcome to Status Go, French. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, appreciate you having me. Longtime listener and subscriber, so it's uh, it's it's neat to be on the uh, on this side of the podcast for once. Uh, I love that. I love to hear the the longtime listeners, and it's great to have one of our listeners join us on on the show. Uh, I, I'd love for the other listeners uh, to get to know you a bit, French. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your career journey thus far? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it started out, uh, graduated from Michigan Tech uh, in the mid-90s um, after leaving uh, graduating school. Um, worked some temp IT jobs as I waited for my future wife to to graduate from tech. Um, <laughs> did a lot of web development because uh, the, the internet was really just getting kicked off in the mid-90s. So got a lot of contract work for companies like Amway and some smaller, just smaller companies just getting websites built and, and stood up. So uh, once, uh, once my wife did graduate, we moved to uh, uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, where I uh, started out as a temp worker working in an IT department, migrating a, a large accounting firm from Microsoft DOS to NT 4.0 oh, wow. so, to, to wow. age myself a little bit there. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, during that process, um, you know, started learning more, got my Microsoft certified systems engineer. Uh, certificate, and uh, then got into the consulting world with the same accounting company. Eventually moved back home to West Michigan, uh, where I worked uh, some network admin jobs. Uh, I did a couple more years of consulting with a local consulting firm until I found uh, my home here at Royal Technologies, where I have been 
uh, for the last 21 years. And um, yeah, and Royal gave me the opportunity during that time to start as a network admin, kind of work my way up. I'm now the, the director of IT here. And uh, yeah, and actually just completed my master's at Grand Valley University not too long ago. Oh, that's fantastic. So 21 years, that's yeah. a long time to, to be at an organization. What, what's kept you there so long? That's easy question. Uh, it's uh, the people. Uh, the people here have just been amazing. And it's, uh, it, it makes it easy to come into work when you've got good people all working and pulling together on the, on the same problems and the, and, and, and the same opportunities. And it's, it's across the board. It's from the C-suite down to the shop floor. Um, just, just an outstanding group of people that yeah, just makes it easy to show up to work every day. That is, that is a heck of a testimony. I, I tell you, when you when you've been at some place so long and you immediately it's the people, the people keep you there. That, that's that's tremendous. Well, let's let's switch to the kind of to the other side. We we know about the people at Royal Tech. What's the tech stack like at Royal today? Yeah, we're a little unique in one respect in that we are a huge Google shop. Uh, we have been, um, I guess it's called Google Workspace now, but it was back when it was called Google Apps for Your Domain. Uh, mm-hmm. About 2009, we switched over from that. We were on an Exchange 2000 server, needed to, to move to something else. And uh, yeah, and we made the leap at that time. And we've been a uh, a happy customer ever since, and we've we've kind of grown in that ecosystem. We've largely replaced most of our Windows machines with Chromebooks. Uh, we've got over 800, almost 900 in circulation right now. Uh, we're using app delivery for to, to deliver Windows apps, so we're using a solution called Cameo um, to do that. Uh, we do still do some VDI with uh, um, VMware's Horizon product. Uh, for our end users, and we still have a smattering of, uh, you know, a couple of handfuls of Windows machines here and there for various reasons. But for the large part, we are really in the Chrome, the, the Google ecosystem at, at this point. Um, yeah, on the, uh, the the data center side, uh, heavily virtualized, uh, I would say by about 95% using uh, VMware's uh, um, solution, uh, mostly Windows servers. Um, we, uh, we run a, uh, a very customized ERP system that is based on a, uh, a, it's a manufacturing system called Sightline that we installed basically in 2002, and we have customized it um, even to the point where we're, we've developed our own web-based HTML front ends. Uh, we rewrote the MRP process, added serialization, a uh, pull-based replenishments. I mean, we've, it's basically our system at this point. And uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I've, I've been blessed to have a, a team of IT developers here that are just outstanding. And they've, they've made some really great tools for us. Um, but in relation to that, and we might get to this a little later, is that we're, we're actually in the middle of an ERP implementation. So um, as we've grown as a company, and unfortunately or fortunately, we've uh, outgrown the, our homegrown system. And uh, we've, uh, we've partnered with QAD, and we are in the process of migrating from, from our homegrown system to, to, the, to the QAD um, hosted solution. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It, it's uh, your, your journey, your tech journey sounds, uh, sounds familiar. Uh, when I was uh, CIO at Goodwill, we went down the Google path uh, as well. And uh, uh, we're kind of faced with the same thing, right? You're on exchange and you've got these servers in house. 
uh, and uh, what do you do? You got a, you're faced with another upgrade. And we went, we went Google as well. We did not go Chromebooks all the way to that. So it's great, great to do that. So before this uh, ERP, and I know we're going to talk about QAD uh, again uh, in our in our conversation, French. Where are you in percentage of on-prem versus percentage cloud? Where where would you guess you guys are right now? You know, I I figured this this would come up, and it's it's tough to give it a percentage uh, simply because you know if you're just talking server workloads like. Um, mm-hmm. Windows machines, um, we're probably 33% in the cloud and you know 66% here on-prem. But when you look at in totality of everything we do from an IT stack at Royal, um, it's a lot more. I mean, we've just got terabytes and terabytes of data stored on, on Google Drive and in Gmail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're talking from a storage perspective, we are probably like 80% cloud, 20% on-prem. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're on that journey and it sounds like you're continuing on the, the migration journey. Uh, and, and I know Royal has been a great customer of, of InterVisions for really more than a decade, I think, right? Going back to the Blue Lock days, uh, you were a DRAS uh, customer, disaster recovery as a service. Take us on that journey, starting from when DR was an on-prem strategy for Royal and how did how did you uh, decide which way to go and then what was that migration like? Oh yeah, that's it's, it's that's a fun story. So you give me a lot of credit saying that we had a DR strategy before we uh, <laughs> we, we started the, the talks with uh, Blue Lock at the time, but uh, we uh, we had a closet in a in a plant that had some old IT equipment in it. We had some software that we were using to replicate some of our key systems over to that closet. And uh, as we grew as a company and we've grown, I think we're, I'm trying to think at least five times the size we were when, when I started, um, we realized that the the closet just wasn't going to cut it anymore. And Mm -hmm. uh, so we started to, uh, to investigate. We, we went out to current partners. We, we called new, new folks to, to, to bring in to see what they offered from a disaster recovery capability. And one of the things that, that kind of concerned us as we were navigating this that that world was there were a lot of companies that were willing to do whatever you wanted. It's like, hey, we'll we'll bring up some hardware to match your hardware. We'll do this. We'll have the special runbook just for you um, that uh, that will run if you ever have to declare a disaster. Um, and it just seemed like everyone had it, they were customizing solutions for for each individual company that they are working for and and in the back of my mind the whole time I'm like man that just isn't scalable you know you're going to work yeah, with somebody yeah. that's going to build that run book but when the disaster hits you know that person may no longer be around you probably you know you might even be dealing with an intern for all I know when the disaster <laughs> hits that's trying yeah, to yeah. trying to figure out what's going on with the run book so um, we then, uh, I, and actually I don't even remember how we, uh, we got connected with, with Blue Lock, but thankfully we did. And the interesting, uh, approach they had, which really kind of su- surprised me was they said, well, let's first talk and see if you're a good match for us, you know, oh, yeah. What, yeah. where everyone yeah. else was like, oh yeah, we'll do whatever you want. They were like, Hey, you know what? Let's see if you're a good match for us. And really they wanted to make sure that we were we were virtualized enough where Blue Lock was going to be a good match. And thankfully at the mm-hmm. time we were, we had already heavily invested in VMware and had made that, that leap from physical to virtual servers. So we were already 95% virtual in the data center at that point. 
Um, so they, you know, they introduced us to Zerto and how they use that to replicate um, VM images from one data center to another. And and the first time I saw VMware and watched a, uh, a you know, a server move from one physical host to another with no downtime. I thought that was magic. But when I saw uh -huh. Zerto just doing the same thing from, you know, across data centers. Um, yeah, that was that was probably the second time where I, I it was like I was watching magic happen. So, yeah, yeah, we were we were sold with a solution because, I mean, it, they were doing the same thing with all of their customers. You know, our runbook really wasn't going to be that much different than anyone else's. So. We were we were fitting into a standard practice that that Blue Lock, Blue Lock was using. So, so yeah. So we signed the agreements with them. Uh, we were using a switch data center over in Las Vegas, which uh, right. actually I had the opportunity to uh, to tour, which was which is amazing. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, those uh, those things are pretty pretty slick. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, and we, we continued, uh, using them for, for years. And then, uh, of course, you know, the, the merger with InterVision or with InterVision right. and Blue Lock happened, uh, which, uh, which opened up some other opportunities, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So <laughs> you were, uh, you were replicating from, from your data centers, I assume in Michigan, yep. uh, to the, to the, uh, the switch data center run by Blue Lock slash Intervision. Um, you made the decision at some point to change that replication to go to one of the hyperscaling hyperscale clouds uh, to AWS. What was that decision process like, and what was that uh, migration like? Yeah. So how that happened was um, so our the uh, my. Uh, Account manager um, is uh, is Travis Wilson, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, I'm the president of Travis Wilson's fan club, and I'm the, vice uh, president for yeah. the record. So, yeah, so yeah. Uh, and uh, you'll you'll understand why when I get done with the story. But when the Intervision thing happened, and I, I was taking a look at Intervision and seeing that they had a lot of cloud expertise, and um, and Blue Lock had a lot of DR expertise, and DR was one of my largest budgetary line items for the year. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, it'd be really nice if we could combine what, what Blue Lock has from DR with the InterVision cloud expertise and use the economies of scale with, with Amazon specifically to, to be able to reduce my DR costs. So that was really kind of what I was thinking. I saw an opportunity to, 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 to lower uh, one of my largest bills. So I you know, talked to Travis about it, said, hey, you know, what do you think of this? Um, of course, there wasn't anything in the the product pipeline at the time. Like, no one had really done a proof of concept right. on whether or not that would work. But uh, Travis got the right people together. Um, in fact, it was one of the guys that actually was our implementation um, uh, technical resource from Blue Lock. I believe was uh, was the guy who was doing the proof of concept with doing everything with with AWS. And it, it took a little while. I mean, there was there was about a year, year and a half or so, kind of back and forth. Hey, how's the project? You know, what have, have you have you figured things out? And yeah. and finally, it got the words like, yeah, we can we can give this a shot. And um, the migration was actually um, done with uh, um, with Intervision and my my network engineer. I was from a technical perspective pretty hand hands off, but there were one or two small hiccups. But overall, it. It, it happened. We were running um, Zerto, same product. It was just instead of going to switch, it was going over to uh, to an AWS data center, and uh, everything seemed to be working just fine. And then I got our first bill, 
and uh, was again, and this is when I became the Travis uh, president of the Travis Wilson fan club is that we were seeing about a, a 42% decrease in our monthly yeah. DR bill. Um, so yeah, those, the, when it comes to cloud, the economies of scale are there and they're real. Um, and this, I think was just a, a perfect first example of, yeah. of, of realizing that value. Well, and, and it, uh, we, we love at Intervision to hear those kind of stories where, where we are able to help our clients, the people, right? You, uh, Royal Technologies, yes, but but you, uh, we're able to help you be a hero within your own organization by by doing this. Now we're going to pause right here, French, for uh, a word from Intervision. They are the the publisher of the Status Go podcast, so uh, we'll be right back after this message. Unlock the power of more with InterVision Systems. We provide the cutting-edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. And if you do want to learn more, visit intervision.com slash myths and you can learn about the myths that we have been busting during this series and maybe a little bit of a preview for the myths that are still to be busted coming up. Right now, we're talking with French Williams. French is with Royal Technologies, and French is helping us bust the myth that cloud migration is costly and complex. And I want to switch gears. We've been talking about their disaster recovery environment. And I want to switch to the production environment. So French, what is your approach been to cloud and cloud migration for production? Sure. Um, just for some background, I mean, we're 1,300 total employees here at Royal. Um, we're across three regions. We've got facilities in Michigan, Alabama, and Texas. Um, but when it comes to our IT infrastructure, I basically have a, a two-man team. So I have a, a network engineer and a network administrator. So um, we've got a, another group that handles help desk. Um, there are currently four people in that group. And then we've got uh, five developers, um, which develop our, our, our custom web apps and, and ERP solution. Um, so having, you know, basically a two-man team on infrastructure, um, you know, we 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 tend to go slow and we try to learn things. We're the other mm -hmm. thing is that we're also generalists. Um, you know, we we rely heavily on our partners um, to to help us when it comes to you know um, you know data center refreshes, infrastructure refreshes, uh, those types of project uh, yeah projects. Um, so with that, you know, we 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 tend to to go slow and and experiment and see. You know what things work and and what things don't. We did that with uh, the migration to VMware. So we had a you know a whole bunch mm -hmm. of physical servers racked in our data center. Um, I think now we've got you know you know just basically two Cisco UCS chassis with some blades in them is what it's, it's all come down yeah. to. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's um it's it's not as much from a, a hardware perspective um, versus what it was, but we, we, we took that journey very slowly. Uh, we, we put some hardware with a SAN in place and we started, we did our own, um, conversions. So we mm -hmm. ran the software that converted it from a physical to a virtual computer, 
Um, and we did it on like utility servers first, you know, things that just ran some very simple apps. And, and then we just worked our way up and in, into complexity until we were actually um, virtualizing our ERP system. Um, so we're basically taking, and, and we learned as we, as we went. So, you know, we, yeah. we found some things that worked that didn't, that, you know, some things that increased the chances of success and, uh, and some best practices. And so, yeah, by the end of it, we got our ERP system virtualized and w- was working well. And, uh, like I said, we're taking that same kind of slower, uh, approach with, with cloud. So we've mm-hmm. gone through a lot of those, those, uh, kind of the low hanging fruit. Uh, so we've moved those up to, and again, because we're a Google customer, you know, our primary for um, on, you know, on-prem migration to the cloud is is Google's cloud. And um, yeah, so we've gotten through most of the, the low-hanging fruit. We're now working into more, um, you know, production-heavy um, applications. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing that that's, um, um, we're actually doing a lot of just server retirements. Like we're, we're getting out of the business of using this particular service on the network, or whatever. So let's just get these servers retired. So it's kind of a combination of let's just get some old servers that we're not using, you know, to their capacity anymore. We're just not, we're, we're getting away from that function, get those off. And the ones that we're still using, let's move them up. The ERP um, project, um, like, th- like I said, I think that we're at 33% on-prem and, and, and 66 um, in the cloud, that will completely flip once we're through the ERP because yeah. so so much of the the existing workload is ERP related right now. Um, so once we're through that that implementation, that'll instantly flip, and and then we'll just have a few handful of of servers that we'll we'll have to to move up to the cloud, and we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll and then at that point we're out of the data center business. Well, and, and I like that approach that you're taking. It sounds like with leaving the ERP, not necessarily to last, but pretty pretty close to last, you, you, you've you saved the best for last. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm using air quotes on a podcast where you can't see <laughs> me, but um, uh, an ERP for most companies is the heart and soul of, of their organization. How have you been approaching that migration specifically? Yeah, well, with that, we're we're partnering with uh, with QAD. Uh, they're the expert of the application. They know how to run it best. They know what hardware works the best. Um, so they actually currently are running their own data centers. Uh, the one that we'll be hosted at is in Colorado. So it's not a typical like public cloud um, mm-hmm. instance, but that is the direction that QAD is taking their product. So. Um, they, I believe, are are, are looking at um, AWS as the the eventual host of of their cloud based ERP solution, and we're happy to go on that journey with them. Yeah, yeah. I would assume that part of the goal, uh, in addition to the the other benefits you get from going to a hosted environment and then eventually to a to a pure SaaS uh, environment is to reduce the complexity uh, of the work that you all have to do on, on the back end, right? Absolutely. I, we're like, like I mentioned, we're a, you know, a relatively small IT shop, um, generalists, and it's all about keeping IT simple and, um, and trying to move that as much complexity out of the environment as we can. Um, you know, we're, you know, again, we're, we're moving things slow. We're watching costs as, as we move things to, to make sure that we're, we're doing it responsibly. Um, we've, like I said, as much as we've moved, 
if I, if I look at my 10 year cost of, of a data center and, you know, refreshes and all that stuff, I've got plenty of headroom <laughs> when it uh-huh. comes to a, a monthly cloud spend. And we haven't even really um, touched it yet. So it's, yeah, just moving some of that complexity elsewhere so that uh, my two network guys can focus on connectivity uh, and, you know, just basic, you know, Cisco infrastructure things and, and leave the data center, the cooling, the power and all that stuff to, to, to somebody else. To somebody else. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that we're noticing too, just in, in relation to that is, you know, keeping it simple, but, you know, embracing the cloud really gives us access to things that we could never have on our own. Um, one of the one of the big opportunities that we're we're taking advantage of is uh, data warehousing. So Google's got a product called BigQuery, uh, which is just this huge data warehouse that you can just dump terabytes and terabytes of data to. And one of the interesting economics behind BigQuery is that you can store as much as you want up there for free. The cost oh, wow. is the cost is in querying it. So okay. if, when you build okay. your your dashboards and your your analytics um, against the the data warehouse. You know how efficiently you write some of those queries and 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 those really is is what controls the you know how much you're spending there. But I will tell you, we we replaced a lot of manual Excel spreadsheets with data pipelines right to a data warehouse, and giving people access to data dashboards that are that people can explore the data. They can drill in and. And, and really see uh, what's going on, do some root cause analysis. And, and we're doing it for pennies compared to what it would take us to, to do all of that internally. And it's, it's yeah. been a big win for us. That, that's huge. I, I was not familiar with, with that product from Google and the way that they price it. That, I mean, because storage, well, not overly expensive. Storage can be a huge expense for organizations, especially when you're talking about terabytes of data in your data warehouse. What what other things have you done to as you're in this migration and you're taking this this uh, pragmatic approach, this slow approach to this migration? What things have you done to control costs as you've been doing this? So. The, we have a, a partner that we work with that actually has a, it's very similar to um, the analytics dashboards that we've created. In fact, I think it's using BigQuery and some of the things on oh, the, okay, the background okay. where it's, they're storing all of, you know, all of our spend and what that looks like. Uh, so we've got, you know, the analytics to really dive in and say, all right, what are we, what are we spending on? You know, where, did we, do we have a spike? What caused that spike? Um, it also, I mean, this is a lesson learned too, is that as, as you get more familiar and more comfortable in the cloud, uh, one of the things that'll happen is, is that it's so easy to spin something up and play with it and then forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the reporting has to, you know, look for those, those types of things and and say, all right, you know, this, this hasn't been touched or accessed in a while and and make sure you're cleaning those things up. Um, cause that, that'll, that'll catch up to you in, in, in a hurry if you're not keeping an eye on it, but yeah, it's basically just the discipline of, of keeping an eye on the spend and, uh, making sure you're not, uh, you know, leaving any, any money on, on the table there that, because you're just not paying attention. Yeah. Are you using mostly built in tools to keep an eye on the spend or you mentioned this dashboard, is that a third party tool? It is a third party tool. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's our primary uh, tool that we're using to, to keep an eye on the spend. I, I mean, I, I, I also get alerts. Um, so we've got that set up where I've got a budget, a monthly budget, 
and I get an alert when I'm 50% at budget. And typically oh. I, I see the email come in. I look at the calendar. If I'm, if it's only, you know, the, the ninth day of the month and I'm already at 50% of my budget, then it's a call and say, Hey, you know, yeah. we're, we're spending a lot more this month than we were last, you know, according to our budget, what's, what's going on, you know? So yeah. we've got some of that uh, as well, just to, so we can be a little more proactive on, on, on what might be happening. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can can relate to that. I was when you said that, I was thinking of my of my cell phone and getting that uh, getting that alert from AT and T saying, "Hey, you've almost used all your data." And I look and it's the fifth, and it's like, "Oh my god, no!" Uh, so yeah, that that so uh, a lot of times on on Status Go French, I love to have our our guests get out their crystal ball and predict the future. I'm going to ask you to get in a time machine and go back uh, in time and ask you lessons learned. What would you do differently if you could have, if you could start down this cloud path uh, and do it over again? It's a good question. And if I'm being honest, not much, because we're really happy where we're at right now. Um, That's awesome. I think the, and, and, and part of it is I, if this journey feels similar to us, um, like I mentioned with the journey that we were on with VMware, it's just another evolution of that same journey. And I think because we'd gone through that and we, we navigated that pretty successfully, we're just kind of repeating some of the, the, the lessons that we learned during that process and just applying it to cloud. Um, yeah. cause at the end of the day, it's, it's very similar to, to, you know, moving from a physical to a virtual it's, um, it's in this instance, though, that's the virtual computer is just running on somebody else's computer. Yeah, it's really yeah. the only. It's difference. giving you a, a, another layer of abstraction. Yeah, right? yeah. So you don't have to worry about the the hardware. I will. I will always say though that, and I think this is what's really helped us out is just you know again I mentioned our my team is just a couple of guys, but the whole team. This is developers, help desk, the the network, the network fellas. Um, they all love to learn. Um, so, and e even myself, I mean, I went out just because I knew we were heading down the Google path. I got, I'm, I'm a was, I think it expired, but a Google certified, um, cloud architect. I've got, a, a my, uh, network engineer is a Google cloud certified network engineer. Um, so we're, we're going down those certification paths. We're, we're learning the tools We're we're kind of becoming, you know, even though we're generalists, we're, we at least understand the capabilities yeah. of the tools yeah. and, and at a, uh, at a high level, what, what, uh, what we can get out of them. So, and I think that's, that's an important part of the journey journey. We did the same thing with VMware is just, all right, what, what can these tools do? What are its capabilities? You know, how, how far can we push them? Um, so, and I think that helps us get, stay within the fences. We don't get into trouble because I think we have a very good foundation of what the cloud can and can't do as we, we start growing into it. Yeah. Um, so I'll just yeah. encourage folks that if, if, if you're, if you have the, the time um, to take it and, and use it as an opportunity as a learning opportunity to, to really dig into the, to, to the tool that you choose. I, I love that you've given yourself, but your team also uh, the opportunity to, to learn uh, so many times I, I hear of, of shops that they, they bring in the outside experts. They do the migration to the cloud while the internal team uh, keeps the lights on the existing uh, architecture and doesn't really have that opportunity to learn. So I, I love that you did that. Well, now it's time to really stick a pin in this myth and bust the myth. 
What would you say to a peer IT leader who told you they are reticent to migrate to the cloud because migration is too complex or too costly? When, when, I, when I hear that question, the first thing that comes to mind is when we decided to move to Google, we were getting a lot of the same messages. But what I learned was most of those messages were coming from Microsoft Exchange engineers. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, you don't want to do that. You know, email needs uh-huh. to be inside. You can't, you can't move it out there. You lose control. It's, it's, it's messy. Um, there, there were a lot of myths, you know, 10, 12 yes. years ago when it came to, to using services that are commonplace now, like, uh, you know, Google Workspace and Office 365, you know, that's, that was, uh, um, there was a similar message then, and it it seems like when it comes to moving entire data centers, not just email, that uh, that yeah, that that same reasoning is is happening. So the first question would be like, well, who's telling you that? Is it your network engineer right. who's got thirty years of experience in the technology that uh, that he's supporting today? Um, so that would have been just just double check your source. Uh, the yeah. the yeah. other thing would be, um, you know, you, you've. It's, it's not an all or nothing. It's, it's, you know, find those opportunities, find the opportunities like we did with disaster recovery, find the opportunities you can with, uh, um, you know, just, just other areas of the business, whether it's, Hey, I just want to play, you know, get this one server upgraded and, and moved off of my data center for whatever. Just, just find some of those, those opportunities, those quick wins, those, those things that can help you learn. Um, Cause I think if, if, once you get into it and you see again the economies of scale that are available the capabilities that are suddenly at your fingertips that you're just not going to have i mean we're vpn into google now and i can spin up resources anywhere in the world i can yeah. i can have i can have a data center in north carolina and one over in germany and and actually during covid that actually helped us out we had a uh, um uh, a customer that had a german office and because uh, everyone was vpning in we couldn't get CAD from their network um, because their VPN, international VPN was just saturated. There was just no way. So yeah. I ended up spinning up a computer in Germany <laughs> and then using that computer <laughs> to connect just over the local German network to download the CAD that we needed and then transferred it over Google's network to, to where we needed. And that's excellent. Yeah. I mean, just having that flexibility to, to spin up resources anywhere you want and, you know, having, you know, redundant networks and, um, you know, there's things like load balancers, you know, that I would never be able to afford a load balancer on my own to put it on my network, but I can right. spin one up and pay, you know, a few pennies an hour for, for one that Google provides because I'm just taking a share of theirs. Um, so I think there's a lot of those things. If you if you do the research, if you look into it, you'll find opportunities that um, not only reduce complexity for you, but reduce cost. They're there. Yeah. Well, and as a longtime listener of Status Go, you know we love to to ask each of our guests this final question: What are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? I would, I would always start with strategy. Um, you know, again, you know, our strategy is, is, is largely based around what it serves within the context of Royal technologies. We are an advanced engineering and manufacturing company. We're not an it company. So for us, it's all about reducing cost, reducing complexity, um, 
you know, providing a stable uptime. And in, in our and part of our mantra is we, we like to provide excellent customer service as well. All of our guys are like normal people. <laughs> like we, you know, we're, you know, we, we, we treat others as we want to be treated. I think that's kind of the, the, the key thing that people tell us differentiates our entire IT group from other IT departments that they've worked in. Um, but again, it, it really starts our, what's, what's, what's my strategy and then educating yourself about the cloud and learning about what the opportunities are there to enable that strategy. Um, because if you're just getting in the cloud because it's the, the new shiny thing, um, then I, I say you're doing it wrong. Um, yeah. That's uh, So you've got to have a, 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 a strategy that, that's really driving your action. And then, and then hopefully you find those opportunities in the cloud to really accelerate that strategy and, and, and make it a reality. I love those actions, define your strategy, and then take the time to learn. Uh, Something that uh, our listeners can can all do tomorrow. French, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you are in the the midst of an ERP migration, which uh, many of our listeners just got cold uh, (laughs) uh, shutters uh, up and down their spine when you said that earlier. Um, so I appreciate you carving out the time for us. It's been an absolute pre- pleasure, Jeff. This is, uh, yeah, my first podcast ever. So, uh, yeah. And, and to, to be on one that I actually subscribe to and listen to while I'm walking the dog every yeah. day is, is, is awesome. So in fact, my wife just, uh, texted me and she said, good luck on the, on the podcast today. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, you did a great job and we'll have you back to talk more and, you know, maybe we'll see each other at the. Travis Wilson fan club meeting come, coming up. Sounds good. I, you got the t-shirts on order, right? That's the, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Right. definitely. <laughs> to our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, be sure and visit intervision.com slash myths. To review the show notes, go to intervision.com slash status dash go. Those show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for French Williams. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.